Hello, and welcome to the Animated Experience Network. I am your host, Derek Blaze, and you are joining us for Glitch Text Episode 1. So this is going to be our Glitch Text experience here. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the Age of Hinobi, the first episode of Glitch Text. We're going to talk about, you know, Miko, High Five, uh, all the characters that are there. We have some great segments planned for you today. So um, we're going to get into all that. And if you haven't um, checked out our podcast before, I would recommend that you check out our preview podcast on Glitch Text because our preview episode kind of goes over some of the characters in detail. It goes over what the world of the show is and different things like that. So if this is your first experience with Glitch Text at all, I would recommend that you check out the preview podcast before listening to this and then come back and listen to this one because the preview podcast really does set the stage for what the show is and gives you a good feel for the show before we get into episode one. But either way, if you wanted to skip the preview and, you know, stick, stick around for episode one, we're happy to have you here either way. So, but uh, joining me today, I have my co-host for this Glitch Text podcast. Please welcome John. Hey, everyone. I'm doing good. Hey, I'm Derek. excited to talk some Glitch Text with you. you. This is an awesome show, and I think it's like the perfect show for us Same. to talk about. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, we talked a lot in our preview podcast how that's we kind of met and built our friendship was through gaming and TV. So perfect yeah, show same for here. us and to I talk mean, about. And I a lot of these characters I really relate to and resonate with a lot. And like even some of the like antagonistic mm -hmm. characters, like those are like the exact type of people that I like hate in real life. So I mean, like, so you know, it, it kind of works. Like the show kind of is a perfect dichotomy for you know how I feel about people. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Yep. I I know what you're talking about, and I'm sure I can pinpoint some specific oh, yes. people you're thinking about just from our gaming experience. But... Yes, definitely. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, a bio dork or something. You know, <laughs> from the old days there. But right. If you're listening to this yes. podcast, we you know, are Eric. Oh, I'm sure you're not that bad in person, but you know, back in the old days, I didn't like you, Eric. <laughs> he would get our Mitch Williams Bush Award back in the old days. <laughs> but our segment one we're going to get into is our theme. So the first segment of each episode on this network, not only Glitch Text, but any episode of the network, is going to be the theme. Where we kind of pinpoint the theme of the episode. And for this one, I thought it was a little bit harder. Just because this is a 46-minute episode, this is a double episode compared to what you usually have. So I thought it was a little bit harder to have a theme for the entire thing. So to me, I thought this theme was world building because that's kind of what it was for me is just building the world, like getting us into this world and showcasing what the world is because, you know, they have a whole gaming tournament. They have the whole uh, events after the gaming tournament where, you know, Miko and High Five figure out what Mitch did and, you know, they have the whole segment where they're going to be, you know, becoming glitch techs. Like, so there's a lot packed into this episode. And to me, it's hard to have like, oh, the theme is, you know, friendship or like, like, it's hard to have like a singular theme besides world building for me, because there's so much that goes down that it really is just building out this world and showcasing what the world is. Yeah. I definitely agree with that, and I feel that my theme is pretty similar in a way, um, and kind of ties into yours, that, like, it's it's the first episode, it's introducing us to what the world of Glitch Text look, looks like, and so, um, 
I, I really felt like a theme that kind of went through the full two-part episode um, that stuck out to me was Discovery. And, um, yeah, I mean, that kind of goes along with your world building because they're finding out, they're discovering this new world. Um, that they're both, they're both gamers and they both know gaming, but they didn't know that this, um, world of glitches was real and that when playing games that these glitches could come out and that there were glitch texts that would go take care of the glitches. Um, so I really feel like the first episode was them kind of discovering those things, also discovering each other and with Miko and High Five, um, and what their friendship looks like and their partnership, um, really kind of building that up. Um, I mean, it starts right away in the tournament that they're in and it just seems natural to them, but it's a new, a new thing to both of them. Uh, their partnership with each other and um, also in terms of like discovering like the character Mitch Williams for example like he's kind of marketed he's kind right he's kind of marketed like to the world as like this five-time champion of the Hanobi tournament and he's this super amazing guy and high five in particular you can really tell that like he's like oh that's mitch williams and like he's so excited to meet him and we'll talk about this more in depth but um yeah miko's personality is not reality i don't care who he is like (laughs) right but yeah my point is even still she like what she knows of him is that he's this like five-time champion like super great gamer um, and then they just both find out that he's like a jerk, or, or you could say he's a boosh. <laughs> yeah, he's a boosh. So, um, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot oh, about 100%. that today. But that that's that's where my I guess it kind of ties back into my theme of discovery, like you know, finding out that gaming's not all what you think about it, and that there's these real glitches, and that these people that you think are great people. Are no, I definitely get people. that. And I think, you know, both so. of our themes are kind of um, similar. And I think that's kind of, you know, what you mm-hmm. have to have for a theme for this episode, because it basically is, you know, a lot of discovery and a lot of, you know, building up what the world is. So, mm-hmm. but segment two that we're going to do, which um, is also uh, something we do on every episode of any show that we have on the network is our recap segment. So we just go through the episode and kind of recap it beat by beat. And um, one thing we said we're going to actually try is kind of switching off who, you know, leads the recap um, each week. And uh, for week one, you know, John's going to lead the recap and I'll, I'll lead it for week two. So, you know, take it away, John. And I'll kind of comment as long as you go. Yeah, sounds good. I'm excited to dive deeper into the episode and talk about our favorite parts are like what's going on. Parts. And, like, and, um, the cool thing too is going to be for anyone, you know, that really wants to like skip the episode, they could literally just listen to our recap. It's basically going to cover the whole episode for you. So like, I mean, I would recommend watching the episode yeah. still, but like if you have to like miss an episode or something, <laughs> right. then, Hey, you can just listen to our recap. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I can't imagine you, just listening to us and then not watching the show but i mean it happened hey 
that's if that's your style then that's that's amazing so yeah. we're here to recap it all that for you so right right okay so going into the recap i'll have to say re-watching this from when i you know watched through the whole series and then going back and watching the first episode I was actually surprised that the first character we see on screen is Mitch Williams. Yeah. Um, so we see Mitch Williams. He's driving around these darkened streets. They're empty and he's driving this van around. Um, and I think it's interesting that they show him first. Cause again, it's kind of trying to make it seem like he's the hero or the protagonist of the show right off the bat until right. you find out a little bit more. But um, anyways, Mitch Williams is driving around in this van, and it to me it really felt kind of like a a horror ish type movie, like Ghostbusters type opening, like just because the streets are empty, it's dark, and then we cut into a home which is a more family like setting. There's you know the parents, uh, mom's doing things in the background, dad's asleep, and there's these two kids. Uh, siblings playing video game with each other, you know, yelling and um, just really into the game. Um, and then all of a sudden, a glitch starts to happen and these blocks start to come literally out of the TV from the video game um, and form this big kind of I glitch out of the little box, it, out of the little cubes that come yeah. out of the TV. It's kind of like um, a Tetris monster sort of. It's like, yeah, <laughs> right. Like if you put a bunch of Tetris blocks together uh, to form some sort of monster. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it starts attacking the family. Yeah, and the kids are like, whoa, the that's kids crazy. Are, <laughs> right. They're like, mom. And she's like, you know, doesn't believe that they're like, you guys are playing too much video games. Like, (laughs) just chill out. And they're like, no, there's something here. And it's just, yeah, it's funny. But, and then anyways, so the glitch comes out. um, And then we have Mitch Williams, who was out driving the streets. He comes into the home um, and he battles and defeats the glitch. Um, And this is kind of our first, first look at how um, glitches are contained. He has this device on his arm, um, which we'll find out is called a gauntlet. And, um, he contains the glitch within that gauntlet. This whole, like, segment so far, it basically does make him look like the hero. Like, whoa, Mitch, like, saved this family. Like, damn, Mitch is a cool guy. Like, that's what makes it seem like Right. (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean, he literally comes in and saves these people. Um... Which is which is still good, but you just find out like his attitude and I guess motive for doing those things are not. Yeah, like, like you, I see you put here in your notes I like guess. that. You know, uh, when his boss calls him, he starts to have some of his attitude come out. Yeah, so I mean, like right after that scene, you can already get a little bit of a glimpse of how he has an attitude, and he just thinks he's better than everybody, and that that sort of vibe. But one last thing that Mitch kind of does after defeating the glitch is he restores the family's memory. So he it basically like wipes their memory that this whole glitch event even happened. Um, 
because glitches aren't known to the civilian public of the world and uh they're trying to keep it secret um yeah and to me and like, so he wipes their memories i don't know if you've seen men in black but like it reminded me of that little device of men mm. in black that's what it reminded me of yeah no that's a that's a very good analogy um or if you you know you're into the harry potter universe just uh you know the the spell um and why is it escaping my mind right now i know it but anyways the spell that causes people to that erases people's minds. Yeah, I, I don't know what the spell is. But... So, like when you obliviate. That's okay, it. Yeah. I was like, I know it. Um, but yeah, essentially keeping things hidden from the public's memories um, is what it is. And so you see the family kind of like I, their faces go blank, and then they rewind basically, and are back to doing what they were before the glitch even happened. Yeah, and it's really um, interesting because like. You kind of have a lot of different um, themes rolled into there. You know, the way that the reset mm-hmm. happens is kind of like the Men in Black thing, like I said. And the way the glitches mm-hmm. are contained, it reminds me of Ghostbusters for sure. So, I mean, like, like yeah. a lot of this is, like, you know, really transcendent with um, other things we've seen, seen before. And it's really interesting mm-hmm. to me how we have, like, these glitches, you know, because obviously anyone that's a gamer in real life, like, they know that mm-hmm. glitches, you know, suck in a game, and, like, basically it can crash your game, and you have to, like, restart the game, and, like, right. there's all these issues mm-hmm. and stuff, and, like, it's really cool to see this interpretation that, like, glitches in a game, like, aren't actually, you know, mm-hmm. just like, oh, I messed up my game. Like, they come to life, and, like, they actually, like, terrorize people. Yeah, I, th- that's a great point. Yeah, they're not just glitching your game, they're glitching up your whole life. <laughs> exactly. So... And then essentially you reset and then you're back where you were. Yes. I mean, it's kind next of like time you the... have a game glitch, remember that like, hey, maybe something came out of your TV and, you know, and, and you didn't know about it because you got reset. So. Oh, my God. I'm going to think about that every time now <laughs> that something glitches. I'm going to be like, did I forget something? <laughs> yeah. Be like, what, what did I forget? Like, did someone come in here? Like, it, has the door been opened? Like... <laughs> right. Is the door still locked? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So beware, exactly. people out there. You might be getting glitched. Y'all have solid cameras right by your Xbox or something. <laughs> and, alrighty. So um, we move from that kind of opening sequence and then onto the next scene. Um, it's daytime. We meet this character named High Five. Um, and he's working at a food truck with his grandparents. Um, and what I love about it, you can tell he's a gamer right off the bat. Right. He's like, as he's chopping up all the meat and lettuce or whatever ingredients he's making for um, in the food truck, it's like he's doing it as if he's like in a video game and like trying to score like the high points. Right. Um as he's chopping up all the ingredients. And so I just love Five is like, he's just so happy about it. Like, he just has such a good attitude in general. And you can just tell that he loves his family. He loves working with them. And he loves gaming too. And then as he's working on the TV um, that they have in their truck, comes up a segment about the upcoming Hinobi Smash Tournament. Um, and it's inviting 
um, essentially players that have obtained a wristband to come participate in this sort of virtual reality gaming competition. Um, and this is where on the TV they kind of point out that Mitch Williams is the reigning champion and yeah. he's won the last several years, but it's an annual competition that they have every every year. And uh, as it's being talked about on the TV, Five pulls out one of the wristbands that they're talking about. Um, so he has one to go participate in the tournament. Um, and you can tell that he is hesitant, I guess, to let his grandparents know about it because he doesn't want to let them down. Right, exactly. Um, he wants to be there and be helping them on the food truck and be supporting the family. Yeah, and, like, so he it's doesn't important really to note, too, that, like, these uh, wristbands, they're basically given to, like, the top players in the city. So, like, this lets mm -hmm. us as an audience know, too, that, like, oh, wow, High Five is one of the top players in the city. So, like, yeah. he was good enough to get one of these bracelets. And, like, you can tell that, like, this is really important to him. And it's, like, really a passion of his and, like, that he really mm -hmm. wants to go. But, like you said, like, he's conflicted because he wants to help out his grandparents. And he's like, well, like, I don't want to yeah. let them down. Like, I mean, the food truck has to be, like, run, too. Like, I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Right. And so as he's... um kind of putting this wristband back out of sight. Um, his uh, grandmother comes up and um, there were some kids outside of the truck asking Five to come show them how to play a video game. And so she's like, you know, go play for 10 minutes, um, which High Five does. And um, then he comes... And then the kids are like, are you going to play in the Ho Hinobi Smash tournament? And still Five's really like, oh, no, I got to help my grandparents work. Like, I can't ditch my shift. And right. as he heads back back in to continue working, uh, his grandparents have found the wristband. Um, and it's kind of an, a moment where you're like, are they going to be mad? Are they going to be like... You know, you need to be focused on your family and working on the truck. But they're like, no, you need to go pursue pursue what makes you happy. Um, this is a good opportunity. And they really encourage him Which to go awesome do too. the tournament. Like, I really love his grandparents. So least, like, his grandparents are really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love it. And I really thought there was a moment there where they were going to, like, not be happy about it but they they were so sweet and so supportive and they were like we'll drive you to the tournament right now and five's like drive me this truck i thought it didn't work it doesn't move like it hasn't moved in what like 10 years or something like that, yeah, something like that. and his grandparents are like oh no it works we just don't drive it anywhere <laughs> <laughs> and so they they quickly pack up speed over to the tournament and let him out to go do the tournament and they continue doing their food truck business right there in the parking lot. Um, so I just thought it was funny that they would just like sped over there and got him there and kept, you know, keep, keep selling tacos. Yeah. Right. Like, we'll, we'll sell tacos at the smash room. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so after that, we meet 
the other kind of main character of this duo, uh, Miko, and (laughs) I just love her. She, the first thing we see of her is she's playing like a guitar hero type game and she is just like shredding on that guitar. She is like not missing a single beat. She is getting all the bonuses, all the points. She is just like loving it. She, you can just tell she is in the zone. Um, I think she's like makes a comment about how she's a legend and she's just loving it and so intense with it. Yeah, um, you can instantly which tell I love. Like, she's one of the best gamers and like that she de- probably got a brace as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and we find out, yeah, she got one of the bracelets, which is not surprising after seeing her yeah, exactly. just <laughs> dominating um that game that she's playing at her home. And uh so we notice at this point that her family is kind of, we don't see the same support there as we did with uh, Five's family. Um, and Miko's very, like, forthcoming about it. You know, she's like, I have this tournament I have to go to. And right. um, she's really excited about it. And her parents are like, what tournament? You didn't tell us anything about it. And I, I thought this part was so funny. She was like, it's on the busy board. Um, <laughs> and you can just tell it's really chaotic home yeah. because she has she has her other siblings too. And her mom is very like, we need to keep things on a tight schedule and get from point A to point B. Um, and so they have this bulletin board with a bunch of notes and like appointments and things on it. And so... But they're just, like, stacked over each other, so you can't even read everything on it. Right. And Miko's like, I put it on the busy board. And they're like, what? We didn't see it. And, of course, it's hidden under, like, five different exactly. notes. But, um, hey, at least you put it on the first, you know? <laughs> right. She yeah. Like the first so, I mean, on there, probably, she so. sounds like she followed the family protocol. Exactly. Like, she put it on the first, and, like, a the... bunch of other people, you know, put it on top of her. So, like, right. she should have first claim, not... you know? Exactly. Not her fault that they don't have a better system yeah. or that they didn't read every note on it. But <laughs> essentially, her family doesn't really understand her interest in video games and they're kind of just like, well, we have these other things we need to go do. So I'm sorry, you can't do the tournament. So then they pack up the family to head out to whatever appointment they had on their schedule. But uh, Miko stays at home, stays behind, and uh, yeah, and I think it's important to note too that like she's the she even tries to tell them like, hey, I could just like stay home and do the tournament from home. You don't even have to bring me anywhere. And like yeah. the family still turns that down. Like I mean, like they don't even have to bring her anywhere. She can just stay home and do it. Right. And, like, they're still not okay with it. And. Then she, yeah. like, talks about how, oh, well, Lexi has her karate, and then, like, you know, I forget her other sister's name right now, but her other sister has, like, her own interests, and, like, and then she's mm-hmm. like, why does everyone get to follow their interests except for me? Yeah. Yeah, she's very much, uh, in this moment, seems like the outcast of the family. Um, yeah. In a sense that they they all just don't understand, I guess, her interests or support it. So 
which is sad, but Miko stays behind and she gets to participate in that tournament. Um, so that's kind of where we segue into getting the first glimpse of the Hinobi employees, the Hinobi like tournament setup and everything. Right. Um, at the the building, and that's where Five's entering. Um, he's interacting with some of the employees that we find out later are glitch techs. Um, and uh, they get him logged in and ready to go for the tournament, which is held in... So the tournament's kind of like a virtual reality setting. And so Five's there at the building in person, um, getting ready to do the tournament where, and because it's a virtual reality, that's why Miko can log in from, from right. her own home. Um, so there's like multiple ways to, to participate in the tournament. And so they all get logged in. Five is super excited. He's starstruck. He's like, that's Mitch Williams. I cannot believe that I'm here, you know, in the same <laughs> yeah. place as Mitch Williams. He thinks, you know, all he's heard is, you know, he's this big champion and he's um, the best of the best in game in terms of the Hinobi tournament and kind of idolizes him. And again, we find out later that's not true. That's not really his personality. But at this point, Five is just super excited. Then you see... Miko also log into the tournament, which I love this moment because she she comes in and she has like this voice filter on that's just like really intense. And she's like, yeah, I'm ready here to like dominate the game. And uh, then her voice filter like gets turned off and it's like this little high pitched, like kind of chip monkey type voice. And um I just thought it was funny. I just love how Miko's so intense. It was kind of funny, yeah. That she has, like, this voice filter on just to, like, really kind of intimidate other people. Um, Well, I think it's even funnier, too, that, like, the whole interaction between Miko and Five, mm -hmm. that, like, um, High Five, like, remembers her, and he's like, oh, my God, that's Miko. Like, and he remembers, like... We see flashback of like all the times that she's like beaten him, like you know, mm -hmm. it's like me KO, me KO, yeah. And, like, and basically, it's like her gamer tag is like uh, me, and then KO. It's uh -huh. kind of clever, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. And she's like, I, I don't even remember. Like, I, I kind of think I know that name, but like, she like barely remembers him because she always beats him. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's like, how do we know each other? And the last one, he's kind of like flashing back all the times that he. Yeah was destroyed by her and he's like oh i don't know nothing really like we don't i don't we don't really know each other <laughs> like he doesn't want to fess up but like yeah he's lost every time he's uh competed against her um so yeah that's a great like comedic moment um it is definitely <laughs> so then the tournament starts um, and again, it's a virtual reality setting and essentially, um, they're players competing against each other and they have to obtain this sort of ball, um, and basically get it from one platform to another and, uh, 
eventually to the goal of the main platform to win the competition. This is really where they start to kind of see Mitch's true personality and that he'll really kind of play yeah, dirty. Yeah, important to note that you can actually get eliminated from this. And we see that um, early on, mm-hmm. which I think you're about to get into. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you can just kind of see his personality start to shine through a little more um, as they play together. Um, and we see even though Five remembers Miko and Miko doesn't really remember him, they team up pretty quickly during this tournament. Yes. And just to back it... real quick, though, I, I think it's important to note like what Mitch does at the very start of this uh, event. Mm-hmm. Like, like he basically shoves someone that like you know idolizes him like out of the way and like mm-hmm. they kind of like fall off the cliff and basically they lose mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit like Mitch is an asshole like he just mm-hmm. like shoved this guy off the cliff like yeah yeah like I say his true personality starts to shine through <laughs> yeah. so exactly um definitely not the champion that everyone thinks he is but. Which I wonder, like, do viewers, I would imagine that viewers get to watch this tournament as it's happening. So wouldn't they, like, see that kind of? They would, but I mean, like, some people just, like, think of that as being competitive and they don't really see it as what it is. That's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, like, you know how competitive Um, I am. So, like, I I guess some people could see, like, me that way sometimes. (laughs) Fair enough. Are you saying that you're the Mitch Williams? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I'm saying I like to compete on the level that he competes at sometimes. But... Right. But I also think <laughs> like I also think that Miko's very competitive. Um, That's true. So I'm probably more competitive in Miko's style, yeah. Yeah, and she's not a jerk about it. So, I mean... Yeah, exactly. I guess it's all perspective and how viewers might see them, but... True, true. Um, Kind of that kind of leads into where I was going next with Miko and Five teaming up, and you start to see a little more of how, as a team, they kind of balance each other out. Uh, because initially, right away, Miko is more fast paced and she's trying to get through through the platforms, and uh, Five is like, "Whoa, whoa, slow down!" Like, and keeps her from like you know being hit by objects or whatever you know that would that, yeah. that would have happened and like honestly <laughs> well honestly seeing this too like it does remind me like back to our preview podcast we did mm-hmm. of like how much like you know i can be like miko and you can be like five because like in like uh orgs and stuff like that i'm like okay john we got to do this we got to do this we got to get this person out we got to do this so, like you're right. like okay calm down <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> And that's why I initially thought that, too. Um, yeah. Because that's very much how when you and I team up, um, right? how things go. Which is good, because we balance each other out. And that's why, definitely, it's, definitely. that's why it's good for Miko and Five, too. Because, right. uh, sh- you know, that's where Miko, or Five kind of slows Miko down and keeps her on track there. But then you can also so see that Miko has her strengths in really being more of the, like, I guess, person that does more of, like, the intense, like, action uh, parts of right. the competition. Um, and so they really balance each other out. 
So then they get to the final platform. There's this kind of rotating tiles with uh, symbols on them. Uh, Five figures out it's some sort of puzzle and you have to like step on certain symbols to get to the middle of the platform. Uh, But again, he still already sees Miko as a partner and he sees that Mitch tries to attack her and they really kind of look out for each other. He, um, he gets to the middle of the platform and Miko passes along her ball to him so that he can score and win the competition. Um, as she's being held yes, back but, by Mitch. But, um, I, you forgot to mention why he doesn't have a ball though. Yeah. Do you want to jump in? Yeah. With I that believe it's because his ball jams, correct? Uh, I think so. I couldn't yeah. remember all the details. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I, I was. I couldn't remember that too mm-hmm. much, but I think it's because his ball, when he tries to fire it, it jams mm-hmm. and like it doesn't work properly. Sure. And then he needs her her ball to win. Sure. Yeah. I I just so. know that one way or the other, he doesn't have the ability to use his own ball to to Correct. finalize the competition, the win of the competition, and again, that's where you know. Even though they barely know each other, Miko doesn't even hesitate um, to pass along her ball so that uh, that five. Yeah, and honestly, like that's another area. Like I definitely see myself Miko because I'd be the same way. Where like, well, if I can't win, as long as this asshole doesn't win, I'm cool. You know, like right. so I just be like, here you go, take take my ball. Like let's just make this asshole lose. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> And, like that's totally my personality, right? And to further show Mitch's personality, you can see right after that happens, he basically starts throwing a tantrum. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just like, "That's not fair! You can't use someone else's ball." And yeah, he's like, "The game glitched. This doesn't count. This doesn't tell me this doesn't count." He's right. like, "Radio back to HQ." He's like, "This doesn't count." Right. So then, um, at that point, the competition starts to glitch, um, and becomes this sort of real threat um, attacking the players. You see Nico in her home, this hand, like, come out of the TV um, and starts attacking her. Um, it starts attacking the players in the um, Hinobi building. And so this is where we first see, like, a team of, like, glitch techs come in and try to battle the glitch and take care of it. Um, And so they do that. And once the glitch is contained, they do this kind of mass reset because there's also the, all these viewers watching the competition. Um, And so they reset everyone's memories. However, it does not work on Nico. Um, and see, it appears that in the world of glitch text, this is the only time that we know of that the kind of resetting the memories has yeah. not worked on somebody. Um, and we don't really know why either. Right. So that's definitely an ongoing mystery. Um, I think just to stop back a little bit too, though, I think, like, the way Mitch goes about resetting High Five is, like, particularly douchey, too, because, Mm -hmm. 
like everyone else is already reset except for Hi-Fi because he had like I think it's because he had his visor on so it kind of like mm-hmm. blocked the image so he didn't reset. Mm-hmm. He takes his visor off. He's like, "Whoa, like what's going on?" He's like just talking to Mitch and um, Mitch is like, "Wow, this is like weird." Like you know, did you see what happened? And he's like, "I think he said something like, no, and you didn't either because you were never here." And then he just like points mm-hmm. his gauntlet at him and zaps him mm-hmm. and like Mitch is um or not Mitch but High Five is like, "I was never here." Yeah, like all monotone, like right. I know, very like hypnotized. <laughs> like, whoa, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. So that's kind of where I think essentially, like the first half of the episode, the first part one of the story arc, um, ends. But it's one two big two part episode, so it goes right into into part two. So then the re after the reset, um, I guess on the news or whatever sort of coverage the competition was getting, um, shows that Mitch won the competition. Um, yeah. Even though he didn't, um, you know, it <laughs> right. shows that he won, he's the champ again. Um, and we see that high five doesn't remember even going to the competition. Like, he doesn't remember even, like, leaving, you know, the truck or where they the, the food truck is normally parked. Um, and neither do his grandparents. They're just going about their business as usual. However, like we said, Miko remembers everything that happened. And so she goes to her parents right away. And after they've come home and they found out that she stayed home, uh, you know, to do the competition, yeah. even though they they told her not to so they're already upset but um essentially they don't believe her and are just like you're playing too many video games like we're gonna take your games away from you and all her electronics uh essentially she's grounded um pretty much yes and so then there's this fun sequence too of you see uh miko like sliding up next to her sister, like, hey, can I use your phone real quick? And her sister's like, mom told me not to let you use it. And so she makes this deal with her sister, basically, that she'll get some stuff for her doll so that she can use her phone. (laughs) Um, Exactly. And so she searches up High Five online uh, to find out, you know, who he is in real life, um finds that you know where he where they kind of normally work out of the food truck um based on some pictures that he's posted online um so she gets she heads over to where the food truck normally is and yeah she gets on her bike and bikes over there yep and uh finds high five um and essentially right away she's like you know, going on and on about, like, whoa, what happened, like, with the tournament and everything, and, um, High Five's, like, yeah, who are like you? Like, and, like, all this stuff. Right. Yeah. He's, like, who are you? Like, what are you talking well, about? Well, she just said, like, I'm Miko, just... and then he's, like, flashing back again for, yeah. like, all those times she beat him. He's, like, um, hi. Uh, like, um. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, all. <laughs> so, yeah, again, he, he knows who Miko is, but, like, not in not in the context of the competition that they just went through. Right. Um, like he knows her the context of like, she beat him in all these games. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Um, which I just think it's funny to see him kind of relive that trauma <laughs> twice. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, Miko's like, what, what is wrong with you? Like, kind of thing. Like, she's just basically like, why aren't you remembering this? Like, you were right there at the tournament. He's like, no, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I know, you know. Um, th- this truck doesn't even move anywhere. Like, this truck never goes right. anywhere at all. Like, right. Like, I, you know, you, you're kind of crazy, girl, but like, <laughs> I, I haven't been anywhere today. Like, <laughs> right, right. Um, so, but even though Five doesn't remember everything, you know, as Miko's kind of talking through some of what happened to him, uh, and she heads out um, to go explore more about what happened. Even though Five doesn't remember everything, he gets on his bike and well, he yeah, and he like starts to see her. some of the signs too, because like when she first leaves, she's like, uh, Five's like, why should I believe you about this? Like, you know, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. And she's like, it matters because you won. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like, right. I won? Like, I beat Metroidus? Right. <laughs> and then, like, she takes off and he's still, like, not believing her. But, like, then he asks his grandparents, like, hey, uh, does this, did this truck ever, like, move today? Like, did you move it in the last couple of days? And they're like, oh, we haven't moved this thing in eight years. Yeah. And then he sees the, the tire tracks, like, from the truck, like, on the ground. He's like, wait a minute. Like, mm-hmm. if they haven't moved this in, like, eight years, there wouldn't be tire tracks. So he's like, hmm, right. maybe she has something... But maybe she's onto something here. Yeah. Yeah, so he doesn't quite remember everything yet, but you can see he's starting to put together some little clues from what Miko has told yeah. him. Um, exactly. So they team up again. Um, they head over to the Hanobi store um, and are kind of doing like a little stakeout, basically. Um, of the employees and of Mitch Williams. Um, I also, I see here in my notes, I also just uh, really liked this quote, uh, kind of going again to Miko explaining like um, everything that happened and how how she's the only one that like remembers what happened. And it seems like everybody else has forgotten. (laughs) And I just love that Miko's like, Maybe I'm, like, the one. Like, she's, like, yeah. this chosen one. <laughs> like, the chosen one, like, the savior, yeah. yeah. Like, I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. I just love how excited like, that's, that's, that's she so big that. personality, yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, as they're staking out uh, the Hanobi store, they follow Mitch Williams around some... And essentially, they find out that he's using his glitch tech powers, which they don't know full details of yet, but um, they find out that he's using it not just in the terms of his job, which he should be, which is another negative point for Mitch Williams, but (laughs) abusing some power there. But anyways, we see him going like through just a fast food drive through. And uh, basically, he's wiping the person that's working there. Uh, He's resetting their memory. uh, So he gets free food, basically. Um, So, uh, Miko and Five are kind of... Which isn't cool, honestly. Like, basically, like, uh, it's like Mama Miyamoto's, like, spaghetti place or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, this poor girl, like, basically, he resets her mind, like, three times just to get, like, a free bucket of spaghetti. (laughs) Right, like, that is so, like, 
I mean, one, it's not okay to, like, steal food or steal anything in the first place. But then, like, you're li- right. you're literally messing with somebody's mind to do it. Like, erasing their memory. Yeah. That, that's messed up. Anyway. Um, yeah, Five and Miko find out that he's doing this kind of things that see him resetting people's memories. So they start to put it together that, you know... The events that Miko remembers did happen, um, and that people's minds were wiped afterward. Um, so they confront Mitch, and essentially he tries to wipe their memories again. Uh, and once again, it doesn't work on Miko. Um, which you can tell Mitch has not seen this before either. So yeah, he's, he's a little taken aback. Yeah, he's basically like, why won't you reset? Everyone resets. He's like, what the heck? Like, right, right. And you could tell that, like, him saying everyone resets, that, like, basically lets us know, like, he does this all the time. Like, oh, resetting yeah. people. Like, it, yeah, like, all the time. I wonder how many times a day he resets somebody's memory. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just funny to think about. Um, so, essentially, they confront each other. Um, he finds out he can't reset Miko's memory. Miko, like, jumps in front of Five so that uh, Mitch can't reset Five's memory. Um, Again, really seeing that they're bonding as a team this early on. Um, And so kind of, they start to kind of fight with each other. And as they're doing this, a glitch releases from Mitch's gauntlet um, and gets out into the world. And so... um, I think, and then at this point, he kind of contains Five and Miko inside his van, uh, while he goes off to, to contain the glitch. Right. Um, and again, this is where they kind of, yeah, or as Mitch called the, uh, going after the, um, glitch, he called it a a mituation. (laughs) Yeah. This guy, he's too much <laughs> such a boost, such yeah. a boost. Uh, so as he goes to contain the mituation he has miko and five locked in his van and again this is where you kind of see miko and uh five balance each other out um kind of in the reverse situation from earlier uh five's really like overwhelmed and like talking through like what if this and that and this and that and just really yeah. In his head, and Miko tells him he thinks too much. Like, you just need to chill out, and we'll come up and with a plan, like, and we'll get out of here. That's also an interesting thing, too, because, like, I feel like this is a situation where, like, just comparing, you know, you and I again, like, this is a situation where I feel like I would definitely be five in that situation, <laughs> like, overthinking everything, and then you'd be the Miko, like, chill yeah, out. Yeah, like, right, so, right. Like, that's, that's why in the preview podcast we said like it goes back and forth a lot because like there's a lot of like five in me and there's a lot of five in you as well like it kind of goes back and forth like we kind of share like how oh, five and Miko are. absolutely i just think it's that kind of partnership when yeah uh, exactly working together so um yeah because i mean you know from experience that i overthink like everything like literally everything yeah <laughs> i cannot disagree with that <laughs> yeah um so essentially they start to kind of work through how they can get out of this van 
uh, five gets his um puts his band from the tournament back on his wrist, and this is kind of when all his memories start to come back to him uh, that were wiped away from the the end of the tournament. So he remembers everything that was forgotten at this moment. Um, and then as we're in the van, we get the character of Bit introduced to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bit is basically kind of like a support robot um, for glitch techs. And so, you know, he comes up, he's introducing himself, informs Miko and um, Five what glitch techs are and their purpose um, in containing these glitches that get out into the real world. And so Miko and Five pretend to be new hires um, and so Bit gives them, yep. helps them get all the equipment that glitch techs have, gets their gauntlets um, that are what... Which is kind of clever on their part to, like, you know, pretend to be, mm-hmm. like, glitch techs so they get the gauntlets and everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they get all suited up, get the gear, um, and Bit kind of helps, you know, is along with them helping explain some of the what makes glitches work and things like that um, as they go off right. to to chase this glitch that Mitch has already left to go get. So then we go over to an arcade where the glitch has gone, an old school video game arcade, and uh, Mitch is in there trying to contain the glitch, um, but then kind of sets it off even more with one of the arcade games that are there. Um, it's an arcade game called Chomp Kitty. And yes. uh, so essentially that glitches and this giant uh, kitty comes out of the machine. It's like this giant green cat and it's got like these sharp teeth and it's like... It looks like yeah. it's going to eat and Miko and Five like, recognize it instantly. They're like, oh, this is Chomp Kitty. Right. Yeah. So they know the game very well. They know the character. Um... And so they arrive as this is all happening. Mitch is annoyed. He's like, why are you here? I'm taking care of it. <laughs> and then Chomp Kitty eats Mitch. <laughs> which, yeah. like, he deserved that. So, <laughs> um, so then that kind of leaves Miko and Five on their own to battle the glitch. Um, you know, Bits kind of assisting them on how to work their gear. Um, scrolling through items on their gauntlet, things like that. Uh, Miko's looking through some different things on their gauntlet and shoots... I don't remember what it is exactly. Some sort I can't of remember food what it item, is, yeah, She basically gives it food, which powers it up. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's like, oh, that's not good. Right. She's like, that. oops, that's a power-up as Glitch... or as a <laughs> Chomp Kitty uh, grows in size <laughs> rather than... Yeah. Yeah, so then basically she, I believe, asks Bit if there's, like, any, like, D-power-ups kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so they're learning this as they go, but their knowledge of just video games in general um, helps them to navigate fighting this chomp kitty. Um, And another funny quote that I have from Nico. After she fires this power-up and accidentally helps chomp kitty get stronger... 
she's kind of like seeming like she's defeated at that point and is kind of hiding and she's like delete my browser history (laughs) 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 i just that was a funny quote i just love her um miko is awesome and so essentially they continue to battle the glitch um and eventually end up uh containing the glitch um i think they shoot like some certain kind of pellets at it that helps um right defeat it yep they do once that's done they beat chocolate Um, you know they take it down and you know mm -hmm. then they kind of move on and uh basically they find mitch there and you know uh, he's kind of like cowering because they're threatening to wipe his memory so you can kind of say how that goes yeah i mean they're they're just gonna do the same thing that he did to them and that he does to everyone really um Which after kind of can't blame them i mean like they're trying to like you know make make the score even like well you did this everyone else like why shouldn't we do it to you yeah yeah and uh you know mitch starts to grovel basically and he's like mm. he's like well please i i know i went too far but like please you know you can't take this from me it's right. all i it's all i am like right. it's what i love mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and miko and five are essentially like you know that's what we are too we love you know this world and video games and right so they don't wipe his memory um and they all leave together um but they do have uh mitch go over and essentially tell everyone tell his boss and then they go to miko's home and uh Mitch fesses up that everything that Miko said about a glitch coming out of the TV um, and attacking them uh, was, it was real. Um, And that uh, she wasn't making any of that up. Um, Then, I mean, I guess it's kind of like the principle behind doing it, behind him telling them this, because... They end up just wiping their memory again after he tells yeah, them. Yeah, so they them at least this understand anyways. that Nico has a new job now, and like, so they understand that's where she's going to be. And so like right, that. and yeah, but they before wiping their memory, they explain, you know, really what the kind of job is that it's a glitch tech, and then after their memory is wiped, um, both her and five, their jobs are being portrayed as just like tech support at the Hanobi store. Um, right. some kind of more customer su- customer support. Quickly though, before um, like when the parents' memory gets reset, mm-hmm. um, who actually sees this happen? Who sees their memory get reset? Yeah, do you remember that? Oh, it's one of her sisters, right? Yeah, her little sister Lexi actually sees it happen. So yeah, she's like, that's like something that um we know as an audience mm-hmm. might come into play in the future because Lexi's basically like, whoa, interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so Lexi basically knows. She knows, yeah. And we'll see how that plays out in the future. Exactly. Uh, John and I already know how it plays out, but we won't <laughs> spoil it for you guys. So, um, but yeah, her parents, um. I guess just kind of the general public, whoever they're close to, um, you know, think that they're working at this Hanobi store, um, basically as like customer support, tech support. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a GameStop, yeah. basically, from like the in- indoor store. Right, right. Um, 
And so the episode wraps up um, with them getting to the Hinobi store. Um, really just seems like your average kind of, uh, like Derek said, GameStop or tech support store. Um, and then we find out that there's this kind of hidden area of the store behind like the staff lockers, um, which is really the glitch tech area and where all the, the glitch techs do their work. They do their training there. They prepare, um, their gear there and, it's just, uh, you just see everyone kind of like either training or working on stuff in the background. And, uh, you can tell Miko and Five are really excited, uh, feel like they're really going to fit in there. Um, and then it ends with their boss saying, kids, welcome to Glitch Techs. Um, which I think was a really nice way to kind of wrap up. The and honestly, like it, it, they pack a lot into 46 minutes. Like, I mean, it doesn't feel like 46 minutes when you're watching it, but like, you know, like by, I would say it feels like about a half hour. Like it, it definitely feels a little bit longer than like, you know, most um, episodes. Cause most of these episodes, actually all of them, except this one are going to be like around 20 to 25 minutes. Right. But like this one felt a little bit longer, but I'd say it felt like about 30 minutes. It didn't feel like 46. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, they definitely put a lot of of storyline in there. Uh, let us to get let us definitely. get to know the well, some of the primary characters, but I would say mostly you know Miko and High Five and how their relationship kind of starts to build with each other. So I agree. Um, I think they do a good job. But that kind of does it for our recap. So you know, thank you for leaving that for us, John. No problem. But segment three of every show on the Animated Experience Network is a segment that is specific to that show. So, for example, um, Kipo, um, Hilda, or the other shows we talk about on this network, segment three of those uh, podcasts is going to be a segment that's specific to that show. Mm -hmm. And for this segment, uh, do you want to tell people what our segment three is for Glitch Text? Yeah, so for Glitch Text, we are going to talk about Glitch IRL, or Glitch in Real Life. Um yes. So we're going to try and compare or talk about the glitch from each episode and how it um, compares to maybe a real life game or what types of games it makes us think of, what experience with these sort of games we might have in, in real life. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about... Um, most specifically, the Chomp Kitty glitch that comes out in the towards the end of the episode, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's really the first glitch that uh, that Miko and High Five kind of battle. And even though they're not officially glitch techs yet, um, they have all the gear and do all the work <laughs> as one. True, so, true. so the glitch of Chomp Kitty. So just a little history uh, from the Glitch Text wiki uh, about the game within this world of Glitch Text. Uh, like all Glitch Text, Chomp Kitty originates from a game. Uh, Chomp Kitty was published in 1993 by Hinobi Technology. And in this world of Glitch Text, it's, it's considered a more classic game and part of a franchise. Right. Um, so think of like those kind of old school arcade, um, 
games, which you don't really like centipede or something like that. Like what? Centipede. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like, yeah, going to those arcades, which are not as much of a thing now um, as they used to be years ago. Um, but I remember going to arcades as a kid and playing all the games there. Um, and so that's essentially what Chomp Kitty is. Um, it's considered to be one of the classic games. Um, and it's a level-based platform runner type of game. Uh, the main gameplay consists of jumping and dodging or destroying enemies. Uh, Chomp Kitty can increase in size by eating power pellets, uh, which can make it more powerful. Definitely. Um, which Miko did. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, some of Kitty's powers and abilities, um, it has agility, um, it has a roar, which sends out a shockwave of immense power, um, and it has a regeneration power, so it's able to regenerate its health, um, after it's been shot by the glitch text. Um, and it also has... Which is not good. <laughs> right. Definitely <laughs> makes it harder to beat. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And then it has that power-up ability when it's fed power-ups, it grows bigger and becomes stronger. Some trivia about Chomp Kitty in the show, of the show Glitch Text. Um, Chomp Kitty appeared in the opening credits. Um, which I don't think we get the credits in this episode, actually. Um, but I don't think we do. No. Later on, as we go through each episode, um, you can see Chomp Kitties there in the credits, uh, the intro. You can actually see Five and Miko playing the arcade game of Chomp Kitty in the intro, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think the first time we see the intro is episode two. So I we'll think talk about so. That next yeah. Time, um. So yeah, that's just kind of some way that they built this game glitch or chomp kitty within the world of glitch text um if you had to kind of compare it to a game in real life what do you have anything that comes to your mind derek on what you might compare it to yeah i mean it's definitely kind of like pac-man like i see what you have um in your notes here like i I do i see that comparison because i mean you know pac-man with the big open mouth that's kind of how chomp kitty is and like you know just goes around eating things yeah like I definitely get that comparison 100%. Yeah. So essentially, that I think that's what they were trying to go for um, is yeah. a Pac-Man type of game because the big chomping mouth, um, eating the pellets, or like Pac-Man eats the dots. And they're both considered like classic arcade games. So yeah, that's what Chomp Kitty seems to most likely resemble for me. And just kind of some interesting thoughts that I had about how this show was set up, uh, this episode was set up from the first half to the second half. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm only thinking about this because I'm currently reading this book, (laughs) but I'm, uh, I don't, I don't know if you've read or have seen the movie Ready Player One. Um, I have not. Okay. And I I know what it is, but yeah. And I actually haven't seen the movie yet. I am currently in the middle of reading the book. Which is, again, maybe why this is coming to my mind. Uh, But in that world is really kind of like a big virtual reality uh, gaming world. And 
within that virtual reality world, there are some of the the challenges that they have to do to get the keys or go through the gates um, within right. the world. Um, you see, like, within the virtual reality world, they have to, like, do these classic arcade games. Um, and so I just thought it was kind of... This episode kind of mirrored that, like, with meshing both virtual reality and, like, classic arcade styles, like, together in one. Well, that kind of makes sense with your explanation. I mean, like, I haven't seen Ready Player One or, like, you know, read the book or anything, so, like, I don't know entirely what it is, but, like, the explanation makes sense. What about you, Derek? Did any last thoughts on um, the episode in general and how it related maybe to the real world for you? Uh, maybe just your own experience. I mean, I don't have any, like, gaming ones, but I mean, like, just to touch back, you know, real quick on, like, some pop culture ones a little bit, like, um, how they capture the glitches definitely reminds me of Ghostbusters for sure. Yeah. And then, like, how the gauntlets actually reset people. That reminds me of that little um, memory device that's seen in Men in Black. Yeah. So, like, those are two other areas that I definitely think apply to, um, you know, pop culture of the real world. Like, they're not technically gaming right. related, but, you know, um i think they definitely apply and you know kind of give that same feel yeah no i that definitely still applies um it all reminds of things irl or in the other world the real world (laughs) exactly Alrighty, i think that's it uh that's all i have for that segment so that means we're on to segment four which is our mvp and lvp ratings Mm -hmm. and basically this is a segment where we're giving mvp and lvp points to our characters so um i assign one mvp point per episode and john does and then we also assign one lvp point per episode and then john does the same um and then we also have a bonus award that is worth three LVP points and three MVP points. John and I each get one of those per season. Mm-hmm. So we get to use it once per season. And then we have specific names that we choose for each show on the network. So for Glitch Text, we're calling our MVP the Player of the Week. And what are we calling our LVP, John? We are calling it the Mitch Boosh Award. <laughs> yes because mitch is a boosh mm-hmm. so and uh that whole boosh thing that will make more sense um later on in the show when he actually says it but basically um mitch is a boosh yeah so. <laughs> absolutely and he's probably going to get that award <laughs> at least a few times definitely <laughs> i agree <laughs> But um, I will let you start off then with your player of the week. Why don't we go with that first? Sure. So um, I really, I didn't go quite with one specific character. It was really kind of a pair. Um, But I'm giving my player of the week award to High Five's grandparents. Um, Like I talked about earlier, just at the beginning of the episode, when you think, you know, they're really going to be, like, wanting him to stay and work at the food truck. And um, I just feel like I I can relate to, like, not wanting to disappoint my parents or disappoint those that I care about. And that's kind of how you see High Five feels in this moment. Uh, but I just love how supportive his grandparents are. They push him to go do the competition they're there in the parking lot cheering him on and 
I just love how supportive they are for, uh, of him. And I agree. They are uh, amazing to see. And we'll find out more about his uh, Five's dad later on, but even just his grandparents, you know, taking care of High Five and being there for him. Right. Um, I just think it's amazing and it's so sweet. And that's why I'm giving them my uh, player of the week. No, I can definitely see that. It's a great choice. And it's one that I think I would definitely um, consider for sure. But <laughs> for me, I had to go Miko for my player of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Miko does so much in this episode that's player of the week worthy. I mean, if you just consider gameplay alone, like mm-hmm. the way that she plays, like the games that are in question, like she's masterful at them. Mm-hmm. And technically she wins the tournament as we find out because technically, as Mitch says, it was her ball that scored. So technically, Miko mm-hmm. actually won the tournament as well. <laughs> I'd say they got a joint win. That's a little bit debatable. <laughs> I mean, hey, technically, apparently it's supposed to count for Miko. But um, like, I, I think what really counts for me the most, though, is how she's treated with her parents and her family. Like, I definitely feel for her there. And like, I really like how she still tries to follow her passion anyways, and like that she doesn't let anyone stop her from following her passion. And then the fact that she didn't reset and she goes out and seeks five and she kind of tries to work with him to help him uh, remember everything. And like, she basically tries to convince him and show him that, you know, Hey, like, you know, you actually were in this tournament. You helped me and, you know, you won. Like, cause she thought, thinks he won basically at the time. And, like the way that she's persistent and actually mm-hmm. seeks out five and like you know builds this friendship with him like if it wasn't for miko then five never would have known like he was even at the tournament he never would have known anything about this he never would have became a glitch tech so like miko is responsible for a lot of like good things that happened in this episode because mm-hmm. they never even become glitch techs at all like and they never find out about this world if it wasn't for Miko being persistent and really following her passions. So yeah. to me, um, Miko is definitely a player of the week. Yeah, she's a rock star. Can't argue with that. And can yeah, so also gets, you know, say, high fives. and also yeah. can say that High Five also would not have gone to the tournament if his grandparents hadn't allowed him or pushed him to do so. So you can almost say that all of them are. Uh, responsible That's for true. five becoming a glitch tech. That is true. So I mean, High Five's grandparents and Miko <laughs> both have a plus one now in our rankings. Yeah. But who gets your Mitch Bush award? Yeah. So I really went on kind of a dichotomy here with my MVP and LVPs this week, um, which I don't plan on always doing, but um, I'm giving my uh, Mitch Bush award to Miko's parents. Um, really just kind of the opposite of High Five's uh, family right. life. Um, they don't support Miko's interest in video gaming. They put her siblings' appointments um, and schedules at a higher priority than Miko's even when they didn't need to take Miko anywhere she literally could have just stayed home which I mean she did but not with her parents approval and they just didn't like you know believe her when she told them about the glitch which I mean sure it's a hard thing to believe but it was more just like they just didn't feel supportive and which just made me sad for Miko because she's Already, she's already as awesome as she is. Like, 
think of what even more she could do if she had their support. No, I definitely agree. And I, I think, you know, her parents do deserve a Boosh Award mm-hmm. here, but like I definitely see your argument there and you know they weren't really supportive of her in any way and like I think that's sad because you know they support their other kids and they just don't support her yeah. so like I think that's kind of sad um but for me I could not give Miko's parents the Bush award um I had to give the Mitch Bush award to you know it, it's namesake Ooh. I had to give it to Mitch Williams I mean um mm-hmm. you know I, I think Mitch Williams deserves to be a Bush here because um Everything he does in this episode is Boosh worthy. I mean, like, he literally is, you know, cocky and arrogant to his boss at the start of the episode, to he resets the Spaghetti Girl's mind like three times. He wipes High Five's memory and basically gives him no memory of his win that he had. Mm-hmm. He's cocky in the Chomp Kitty situation where he says he doesn't need backup and he clearly does. He basically, um, you know, begs and grovels to um, Miko and High Five, you know, that like, you know, oh, well, you guys shouldn't do this to me because like, you know, this is what I love. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, like when he tries to reset Miko the second time as well, he's like, everybody resets. And like, you can definitely tell that like, he does this all the time. Like he does this to people often, like not mm-hmm. just like, isn't like a one time thing he did. Like he does this like every day of his life, basically. And like, I think Mitch is the ultimate boosh and like he deserves a boosh award here. Yeah. I mean, can't argue with you there. I mean, I think honestly, he probably could deserve it almost every single episode. So <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, right. but, um, you know, uh, like we said, we do have bonus awards. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to hand out a bonus award this time? I'm going to hold on to it for now. All right. And on my end, um, John, I will say we have a mituation. What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm hitting the big red button. I'm giving out a bonus episode. Already? <laughs> wow. I, I i'm doing it i'm doing it i, I can't hold back um i okay. gotta do it so there, there's that, i have there's to. that intense gaming attitude that derek does yeah he can't help himself i i, I just can't <laughs> hold back you know i mean like when, when i when i see an asshole i, I gotta stick it to him so I, i'm giving my bonus mitch bush award to mitch williams so. <laughs> I got to give him the bonus. I'm using my season bonus right here, right now. Uh, I I need Mitch to be at a negative four for this episode because the the stuff he does in this episode is so egregious. Like he shows that he's not just bad in one episode. He shows that every day of his life, he is an asshole. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be an asshole every day of your life, I'm giving you my bonus. So, you know, Mitch, you could enjoy that bonus because, you know, you can uh reset spaghetti girls you know all day long you can you know reset people to try and claim your gamer status um whatever you're doing but you're not going to do it without paying the consequences and i am giving you that bonus mitch boosh award so mitch williams you enjoy that you boosh. wow <laughs> savage <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bet you were expecting the episode well, where you. I, I left that from you because I didn't even tell you that. Also, <laughs> when we were having the pre-call before the episode started, uh, I didn't even tell you this. <laughs> also, because I'm sure Mitch is probably going to be like, well, now he's probably going to be like negative fifteen by the time we're done. 
<laughs> Probably, but I- I'm wondering how Elizabeth will feel about this. Like when she hears it, like, oh wow, he gave it that. I know. But <laughs> he deserves it, dude. He deserves it. So I mean, I I had to do it, you know. Like you know, when I see an asshole like that, John, like you know, I gotta stick it to him. So I mean, I had that to do is it. very true. It's like you, you being like this person screwed me over in a game I played two years ago. I want them voted out first thing. <laughs> very, very much. That is that entirely my personality. Yes, yes, that is entirely my personality. Like, I mean, you know. Basically, Mitch has slighted the world, so mm-hmm. I have to slight Mitch now. Like, I mean, I just have to, you know, balance the scales of justice a little bit and, you know, send that karma back his way. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, giving Mitch the karma he deserves. Like, nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, I will still have a bonus player of the week to use at some point in the season, but that's all I have left now, John. You know, so you still have your, both your bonuses, but I have a bonus player yeah. of the week, and that's all I got, so... And I think it's important to mention, too, that um, we're going to have like a little kind of caveat as well, where in the um, season two, we're actually going to have the top player for the player of the week rankings. They're going to start with a plus one. And then in the LVP rankings, the bottom player is going to start at a negative one. So I think that will be kind of uh, interesting Mm -hmm. as well, because, you know... At the start of season two, we're going to have a plus one and a negative one going into that. So mm-hmm. we thought it'd be kind of a fun way to have the rankings carry over. We're like, and honestly, since I just gave Mitch the bonus Boosh award week one, he's probably going to be a front runner to have the lowest score for mm-hmm. the whole season. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think you even needed to give him the bonus I mean, for that to be a possibility. <laughs> well, now that I did give him the bonus, do you think he has any chance? No. <laughs> probably not but i mean i i i just felt it in my gut you know i i had i had, I had to do it so <laughs> yeah i mean you know mitch might not be too happy mm-hmm. episode two now he might yeah, come after me or something and try to reset me so you know you'll have to uh, defend me john all right <laughs> But we'll move on to segment five, which are episode ratings and rankings. So this is where we rate or rank the episodes out of mm-hmm. a 10 point scale. We can use one decimal place and um, I'll go ahead with my ranking first. I thought this was a pretty good episode, um, but not like, you know, top of the line. I, what did feel, um, you know, like it was more just setting up the world and stuff like that. So I didn't feel it was deserving of like a 10 or anything like that. But I do feel that it had a lot of great content in there. I think it set up the world really well. And I think it set up our characters and, you know, how our characters are going to act throughout the series very well as well. So for me, this is an 8.5. Okay. How about you? Yeah, no, I mean, I think a very similar thought process in ranking the episode. Um... I'm going to give it an 8.1. So pretty close to you. I think it it was a very good start to the series. Um, Having already seen the whole series, you know, it's it doesn't rank rank among my top of favorite episodes. Um, But it's still good. It's a great start. Great introduction to this world. We see some great action. Uh, we get to know Miko and High Five very well. Um, 
there's some very funny dialogue between the two of them, um, or just in general. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's a good episode. I give it an 8.1. All right. I think that's a good rating, too. So, you know, I can definitely see where you're going with that. <laughs> very close, like we said. And our third rating is going to be given by our uh, co-host on this project, mm-hmm. Elizabeth. She will give the third rating to start out because we need audience ratings to um, actually take up that third mm-hmm. spot. So as an audience, uh, we want you to help send us ratings. You know, send it to us via Twitter, um, email, anything like that. You can find our email in the show notes. But um, anyway, you want to send us your ratings for each episode. We would love that because how we're going to do it is I give a rating, John gives a rating, and then the audience rating is going to be the third rating. And we're going to average those to get our episode rating that we can rank them. But until the audience starts sending in ratings, Elizabeth will be our third data point and she will give her rating uh, for this episode. So, you know, we'll uh, stop back in episode Mm -hmm. two and we will let you know what Elizabeth rated. And Elizabeth already gave us a rating, actually, or I wrote it down for from her. Uh, and Perfect. she gave episode one of Glitch Text an 8.5. Uh, so right there with you, Derek. Oh, yep. with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to actually put the average, um, pretty close. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't do the math in my head right mm-hmm. now, but yeah, I think that's going to put an 8.3. Is that correct? I am not a math detective, as you'll find out in our Carmen episode. <laughs> you're not a, you're not a math detective why not you, you should be a math detective i'm sorry to disappoint uh, i mean isn't that the best kind of detectives no <laughs> i'll find out real quick then. let me see um it is 8.36 so we're gonna round that to 8.4 yeah. so we have an 8.4 rating for um solid rating so that's pretty close so yeah, that's will be our rating. And if you want to send in your ratings as an audience, you know, we can um, change that a little bit. Like say, you know, as an audience, you hated episode <laughs> one, you know, you can uh, drop that score down. Or if you really loved it, you can bring that score mm-hmm. up. Um, whatever, as an audience, you want to do, you know, you have the power to do that. You have the power. But <laughs> Exactly. You can, you know, uh, use your gauntlet to reset the rankings. <laughs> But segment six for us is just kind of our closing segment. So that is where we do any announcements. We have any, you know, if we have like any special episodes coming up, because at the end of every season, we're going to have special episodes where we have like feedback, um, maybe like play a little game with the characters from the show, um, just some different things like that. But we'll have any announcements about like any special episodes or different things Mm -hmm. like that. But we also have our uh, Twitter handles and things like that. So John, um, what are our Twitter handles for the network and show? Yeah, um, so we have our main Twitter handle for the Animated Experience Network, and that is at AnimatedXP, uh, the letters X and P. Um, so that's at AnimatedXP. And then for Glitch Text specifically, our Twitter handle for that will be GlitchXP. So again, those letters XP at the end, uh, trying to maintain some consistency between each of the, the Twitter handles. So it makes it easy for you all to find. Um, my personal Twitter is JT at, sorry, at JT5653. And, uh, what's yours, Derek? Any, uh, Twitters that you would like to share? Yeah. Mine is at Derek Blaze. 
And you could also find me at, at Blaze Experience as well. I use that one for my gamer tag and things like that. So either one of those is fine, at Derek Blaze or at Blaze Experience. Mm-hmm. And that's Derek with two R's. Lovely. So, um, and as far as the email goes, we don't have an email set up mm-hmm. yet as of this recording. But if you look in the show notes, by the time this releases to you, we'll probably have an email ready in the show notes for you to look at. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that and that will be ready. But, you know, I had a lot of fun today with you, John, yeah. and I can't wait for episode two. Yeah, let's find out what glitch is coming up next. Get your gauntlet yeah, ready. Let's find out if, you know, Mitch is pissed off about my bonus I gave him. Yeah, so. he's, he's something. He's pissed off about something. <laughs> he, he always is. He always is. So. <laughs> but you as an audience will have to come back and uh, see what happens in episode mm-hmm. two. So we will see you there. And thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.